0: Courtesy of Jay Swaby. From fans, for the fans. The best place for league updates. The hottest takes on the internet. Welcome to Cal's Call. Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Cal's Call. Um, I know it's been a long time and I know it's different. I don't have a beard anymore. Uh, I look like a baby. I'm not used to it. It's just happened today. But anyway, let's get things started. So um, today, as you can see, there is no Mickey. So it is Cal Unchained, as you will. Um, it's going to be a very big episode for Hot Takes. If you're into Hot Takes, awesome, stay. It'll be great. If you're not, I would not watch this because all I'm doing is Hot Takes today. Awesome. First off, let's get it started with this. No Hot Take, just introduction. This past weekend, I was able to attend. I was able to attend the game for OSU versus the Longhorns of Texas. And OSU did win. Um, now we're not going to talk about the game today. They somehow lost to Baylor. I don't understand that. It does not comprehend to me how they could lose that team. But it doesn't matter. It was an amazing time. They won. It was great. Um, we got the new cal. We not got the new OSU visor as well as Oklahoma State water bottle. So. Um, Soon, Cal's Call will be taking place there in Stillwater, which if you haven't been there, you absolutely should. It's an amazing town with some amazing people. Um, I can't wait to get started there. Um, But let's get back into the episode. So first, we'll start with the NFL. And my first hot take with the NFL, and not a lot of people are going uh, going to agree with me on this, but Sam Bradford just got cut by the Arizona Cardinals just within the past hour or so. And I truly do believe if the Jacksonville Jaguars want to turn, want to turn around this season, they will sign him. Um, yes, he did not do very well in his first three starts with the Arizona Cardinals this year. That was a given. They don't have a talented offense, offensive line, offense in general. They have Fitzgerald, Johnson, McCoy wasn't the right coordinator for them. Their defense is one of the league's worst. It just wasn't the right situation for him. Now, I believe if you went to Jacksonville, who has at least a mediocre, mediocre offensive line, um, some talented young receivers, and then a, a talented defense just is not performing up to the ability it should. And I think part, part of that is just not having a, not having confidence in its offense. Uh, I think they could really turn the season around. I, my prediction would be that they come back, even though they've already lost five games, come back, make the playoffs as a wild card, lose to the Chargers, um, but still at least make the playoffs, which is a lot better than anything else you could say if you're Jacksonville right now. Um, but I only see that really happening if they sign uh, Sam Bradford. If you look at what he did in Minnesota with the talented offense, he was actually able to put up some decent games back in 2017. He just didn't have the right team this year. Um, next, my next take is Bruce Irvin, who got cut by the Oakland Raiders today. Who will get to, The Oakland Raiders will get to later, but Bruce Irvin himself. I think he's going to sign with the Patriots. I think that'd I think that be a great fit for them for both the player and team. Um, I think he could really add some veteran leadership to that defense. The defense is okay. It's been performing a lot better as of late. But to start off the season, it really wasn't doing well. I think Bruce Irvin will help in that regard. Um, so I think Irvin goes to the, to the Patriots, who I think make the AFC Championship game again. This time, I don't think it's the Jaguars. I think it's going to be the Chargers. I really do think the Los Angeles Chargers... How the Chiefs have started off the season, I think the Chargers are going to end the season. Um, but that's just my opinion on my hot take. I think the Chargers end up going on a pretty big game win streak to end it. Uh, make up, End up making the AFC Championship game. Now, in that game, anything could happen. Uh, if the Patriots' defense isn't up to snuff that day, somehow they'll char- the Chargers could make the Super Bowl. And get ready for this quick little drum roll. I have the Patriots making the Super Bowl against the Rams. If somehow the Chargers could win that game, we could see a Los Angeles Super Bowl. Would that be amazing? Yes, it would be. Uh, for one, it helped the Chargers with the fan base. They're really struggling as of late. Um, they shouldn't be. It's a great team. They should have stayed in San Diego, but if you're going to try to recreate the market for them uh, as it is now, a Los Angeles Super Bowl, Rams versus Chargers, would be pretty amazing. Um, I'll be, it's going to be in Atlanta. But either way, it'd be a Los Angeles versus Los Angeles Super Bowl. So next, even if I have the Patriots making the Super Bowl, I have the Rams winning it. This team is too talented to lose this year. They're going to win one, two, maybe even three games by the end of the regular season. But don't get that confused with inability. That's rest. McVay knows he's going to have to rest his star players at the end of the season. He may not even need to because they don't even have to play in the fourth quarter sometimes. um, Because that's how much they pull away. But between Gurley, Goff, Cooks, Cup, uh, Woods, let's see. Their defense, there's just too many to name. Sue, uh, Fowler, Donald, uh, Peters, Talit. It's just way too many stars. That team's going to win it this year. Um, it's, it's not the Warriors yet. They're not that talented. But they're the closest thing the NFL has to Golden State Warriors. Um, next up. I don't see Le'Veon Bell returning this season. At this point, what is the point? Bell, he already has enough money saved throughout his entire life. He doesn't need to play this season. He has a career in the NFL still. He will play for another team eventually. The millions that he's missing out on now, they're millions of dollars to a millionaire. There's no losing in that scenario if you're him. Um, So I don't think he's going to come back. I really think this whole season goes with him not playing. And even if he does end up coming back, I wouldn't see it happening until after week 12. And at that point, there's going to be such bad blood. Imagine your star, one of your star players, coming back after 12 weeks with the ability to play. There's the fan base isn't gonna. I mean, yeah, they'll cheer for him, but there's going to be that misconnection if he comes back that late, that late. Um, so I, I just don't even see him coming back this season at all. Uh, next up, this weekend, Saints versus Saints versus Rams game is the NFC Championship game. So when you watch it, think, hey, in a couple months, this is the NFC Championship game. Um, at least that's in my eyes. That's what I see it happening as. I think the Rams are going to pull it out this week, this weekend. But if, it's, if they are going to lose this regular season, it's going to be the Saints team. The Saints team is very talented. Um, the only reason why I see the Saints losing this weekend is because their defense is not the same as it was last year. Um, they're la- it's lacking a little bit of confidence. And in that regard, I think the Rams are going to take advantage of that and really go off on them. Uh, let's see here. Oh, my next prediction. Prediction. I don't think a lot of people are going to agree with this one either. But I see Ryan Fitzpatrick coming back to the form that he had the first two games and really pulling off some Fitz magic. And get this, I get it, I get it, but get this, I think the Buccaneers could make the playoffs if Fitz magic lasts the rest of the way, which I think he can. If you look what he did with the Jets the past couple a few years back. He performed very well. Not where he was at the beginning of this season, but overall, really well. He does have some consistency in him. It just takes a lot to bring it out of him. But I see how his teammates treat him here in Tampa Bay. They love him. They love him enough to where they're bringing him back as a starter. I really think if Fitzmagic can get that magic in a bottle, they can actually make the playoffs. Which is saying a lot because that's the worst defense in the NFL. At least one of the worst. Um Oh, and this other, this other, all these hot takes. You're, you, nobody's gonna agree with, but I don't care. That's what makes me me. And this is my last prediction: that John Gruden, for as horrible as people are saying he's doing, his Las Vegas, Las Vegas, not Oakland. He doesn't care about Oakland, honestly. John Gruden could really not. He could. He could not care less about how Oakland does, or at least how the Raiders do in Oakland. His future is in Las Vegas. The Raiders' future is in Las Vegas, and I predict that by 2022, the Las Vegas Raiders will win a Super Bowl. Why? Because it's different. It's a different rebuild than regular rebuilds that we see. Sashi Brown, the Cleveland Browns, uh, Browns, he had a totally different mindset. His was, uh, we don't have talent. Cut the talent. Tank. Get get young players in the draft on rookie deals. That makes sense. It does, but you have to have at least some leadership um, and at least a direction. His was just an endless tank cycle that never had a light at the tunnel because he kept choosing players that weren't producing. If you're gonna tank, you have to make sure you actually make the right picks. I think that's what John Gruden has the capability to do for as, as the lack of what what would you say? Organization that he's showing, I think will stop towards the end of the season. You'll really see him take to come into his own as the GM and coach um it's 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 hard obviously in the first year it's going to be really hard to manage being the head coach and the GM our general manager I know he's not officially the general manager but he is making the decisions and that's that's a tough task especially in your first year with players that weren't you uh that weren't yours so I really do think that this rebuild is going to go great for them um they got a first round pick for Amar Cooper I've had this argument at work all week, and it's a fun argument to make. There is no way Amari Cooper is worth the first round pick now. Why? Why is he not worth the first round pick? Well, I'll explain it. Number one is that maybe he was when they spent the number four pick on him, obviously, but he's also on a rookie deal back then. Now, at the end of this season, they have to make a choice. Do we pay him? Do we not pay him? If we don't pay him, we lost him for nothing. If we do pay him, maybe we overpay for him, which I believe will be the case. He's a mediocre to good receiver. He's not a great one. I get he's still young, but he hasn't shown enough flashes. It's been such a long time. I just don't see it happen. I don't. I think his confidence has just hit a valley, and it's not coming back. I'm sorry. But I think he's done a great job. He cut Bruce Irvin today. That was a necessary move. If you saw the tweet that Bruce Irvin had after the London game, he really did not. He he and himself had given up on the defense this year. Um, I get it. You're kind of tanking, but I didn't like his attitude about it. You know what? Cut him. It makes sense. They didn't. They weren't able to find a trade partner at the trade deadline. Just cut him. Keep taking, do your own thing, Gruden. I really do respect what he's doing. A lot of people don't, but I think he's doing a good job um, this year. This is the year to build up your defense. I I, I kind of see what Gruden's doing, and if you can't, I understand. Not a lot of fans can, but he's trying to build the Seattle Seahawks, the Seattle Seahawks how they should have been built and how they should have won. He's trying to build a defense first, and then get his quarterback on a rookie uh, rookie contract. I'm telling you this right now. Carr might be this quarterback, might be the Raiders' quarterback for the next two years, maybe even three. But he's not the over. He's not the quarterback that's going to win uh, the Raiders' Super Bowl. That quarterback will be drafted in the next two to three years. It's not going to be this year. No quarterback this year is worth it. There is no quarterback that, while still on the rookie, rookie deal, can produce to the level to win a Super Bowl. I think if you look, if you look at it, this year stockpile on your defense in the draft. Build that defense up. Make it one of the best young defenses in the league. Similar to the Jets, um, the Jets are lacking a few pieces, but they're still a very great great defense for as young as they are. Build something like that. Build a defense that's doing great. The Bills as well. Their their offense is horrible, but their defense for as young as it is is performing really well. So build a strong defense first, and then get your quarterback. Well, obviously, well, actually, build your defense, get your offensive line, and then get your quarterback. That should be the plan. I think that is Gruden's plan. It's it's great. I love it. Um, I think I like. I said I think they they will win a Super Bowl by 2022. If I had to predict um, them to win one by a certain time, it'd be then. He's doing the right thing. Raiders fans don't think so because they're not losing. They're not winning right now, but they will win eventually. At least they're not, you know, middle of the pack team who's winning a couple games here and there. But in the next two years, you're going to be one of the worst teams in the league with no future. At least this team has a future and it's shiny. It's sparkly. It's in Las Vegas. There's a lot of money attached to it. And it'll be fun to watch. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to him build that young defense and then start the offense from the ground up. Um, that's my, Those are my hot takes for the NFL. Now getting on to bas- basketball... Um, it's kind of weird. It's a weird feeling because I've, I've followed football more this year than I have basketball. Uh, with that in mind, I still have a better uh, understanding of the game of uh, basketball and the NBA than still the NFL, even though I watch it more. Um, with that in mind, let's get into some hot takes here. Houston, they suck. They're horrible. Their record is horrible. It should not be this bad. Why is it this bad? Because you brought in Carmelo Anthony, one of Chris Paul's friends, who plays no defense. I get it. Maybe he's trying more, but his defense isn't great, and it's not what Trevor, Trevor Ariza, the guy you lost to Phoenix. It's nowhere near his level. So you really got to—you fell off a cliff in terms of your forward versatility when it came to defense. You—you didn't really do much to boost it. You just let two players walk. You, got, you let go of Luke Mbamute, who I get, maybe you don't have control where they go, but you could have at least tried harder or brought in another defensive presence once you lost them via trade, but you didn't. Instead, you brought in Carmelo Anthony, who's done nothing but hurt this team. He went off against the Brooklyn Nets last night. Whoop-de-doo! He went off against the Brooklyn Nets. A lot of people could go off against the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, they have Jared Allen, who's a great rim protector, but that defense still needs some work. Yes, they have Rondé Hollis-Sheperson, who's a great... Great hustler. Reminds me of Gerald Wallace. But again, the defense as a whole needs work. So yeah, Carmelo went off. Whoop-de-doo. It's one game. I'm not chalking it up as this is the comeback of Carmelo Anthony. It was a horrible move. It derailed their start at the, the beginning of the season. Um, they're really, they're really, 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 really... It's noticeable. You can tell the, the, the losses of both Luke and Mute and Trevor Ariza are hurting them. It'd be absolutely mind-boggling and annoying if they traded one... Or, you know, not both at this point because obviously he was rejected. But one of Eric Gordon or PJ Tucker to the Timberwolves with Jimmy Butler, I don't think that's happening. I don't think that the, the Wolves even want either of those two pieces because of the age, contract, lack of a high pick involved with the trade. So I don't think it's happening. But it would blow my mind if they got rid of either one of those two at this point. That team needs stability. Those two players are the Keys to stability for that roster, and if they get rid of either one of them, it'd be a horrible mistake, especially Tucker. Um, let's see here. The next British. Oh, also at this point, at again, it probably won't happen, but I think it definitely could, and that is that Houston misses the playoffs, or at the very best, makes the seventh or eighth seed. Uh, it may sound outlandish, but if you look to the start of the season, with how well the teams in the West are playing this year, especially the ones at the top. There is not going to be a lot of drop-off. I see a lot of consistency in the teams that are performing well now. I don't think there will be that huge a drop-off. And in that regard, I think it's going to be hard for Houston to recover from such a bad start. Um, next, the Denver Nuggets performing very well. Second place in the West. Second place. they I really do see them uh, kind of playing a little bit more of a more consistent brand of defensive basketball. And with that, I really do see them staying in the second or third seed and making the conference finals this year. This team is talented. Um, it's, it has it has a great presence. You can just tell they play the game the right way with each other. Um, there's still more time that could go into it. I think by season's end they'll be even more like seasoned with the, with each other. Uh, but the early the early results have been great. Uh, Mike Malone's doing a great job there in Denver. He's always been known as a defensive minded coach and I think it's finally starting to rub off on the roster. Uh, if somehow they could even get Michael Porter back by the end of the year, that'd be even. That'd be an, an even better team because of it. He's a very talented young player. So I really do see them making the conference finals this year. Uh, not a lot of the other teams have impressed me, and even if they have, that offense combined with even a good, just good enough defense is good enough to make the conference finals. Now, beat the Warriors? No, probably not. It. I don't. It, it's kind of a joke. No one's gonna beat them. But. I could see them at least winning a game, which is more than I could say for a lot of other players, uh, a lot of other teams. Um, so I could definitely see the Nuggets making the Conference Finals. The Sacramento Kings, they're doing very well as well. A team that not a lot of people are, is to, are talking about, but a team that's performing well nonetheless. De'Aaron Fox, youngest, uh, they had his first triple-double of, of his career. And he had 15 assists, amazing, amazing. I'm not going to lie, I wasn't even expecting this from De'Aaron Fox. I didn't know he had it in him. De'Aaron Fox, to me, was just kind of like, ah, he's electric, he's fast, he can score on the break, he's a great finisher, but he doesn't have the best jump shot in the world. I didn't know how consistent he can be with his scoring, uh, but that team's done really, really well. I'm very impressed by the Sacramento Kings, and with that in mind, I really do see them making the playoffs. Uh, Eight seed, not not high seed. Don't don't crucify me for saying that, uh, them the playoffs, but I could honestly see it. If they keep it up, And win just enough games, they can make the eighth seed. For the first time, and it would be, I think, like, I don't know the exact number, but it's been a long time since Sacramento's seen the playoffs. I think it's been like 16 years. It's been a very long time. And if any fan base deserves it at this point, it's them. So it would be very nice to see that young young team make the playoffs this year. It's going to take a lot. But uh, I think Dave Yeager is the right coach for that team. I think De'Aaron Fox is the right point guard for that team. And everything's adding up. It's it's definitely a possibility at this point uh, if they can stay hot and just uh, fend off the lower-seeded the lower, the lower seated teams um, and actually stay within the eighth spot. Um, the, the Timberwolves. This is where it gets interesting. I really... They have to make... They have to trade Butler. You have to. If you don't trade Butler, this would be the most mishandled superstar grumbling ever like more so than dwight howard more so than any other star player ever because he's it's known he wants to be traded he wants out of there he's going to sit he literally said he'll be sitting games regardless if he's injured or if he's just not feeling it if your star player is saying he's going to sit games because he's just not feeling it trade him away. The leverage isn't ever going to get better. Even if he actually plays better, you still aren't gaining leverage because every game he plays is less leverage. He's going to be, it's a clock. As soon as the 82 games of this season are done, he's out of there. He's not staying. So just get rid of him now and try to win more games so you can make the playoffs. Please. With that in mind, I really do see them Maybe, and this is like one of the best case scenarios for the Timberwolves at this point, is pulling off a semi-San Antonio trade and taking advantage of the Washington Wizards. Well, who are the Washington Wizards? Well, they're a team that lacks, lacks identity, lacks leadership, and right now is 1-7. So, with that in mind, I, if I were the Timberwolves to try to really take advantage of Washington, they're not... It's funny because for a team that has such a bad record, they're not in panic mode. They're kind of like that dog meme where he's just sitting there smiling with the fire around him, because they're not in panic. They're just kind of like, hey, we're the Wizards. We typically are mediocre and we never make it past the Eastern Conference Finals and we never make it past the semifinals. It's just who we are. At least they accept that. And they're kind of like, hey, we're not getting any better. Eh, it's just the start of the season. We'll, we'll get mediocre at some point. With that in mind, at least try to create some urgency with them and trade for Bradley Beal. Look at what the San Antonio Spurs did. They traded Kawhi Leonard for DeMar De... Well, actually they traded Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green, who I think that was a great pickup for Toronto. But they traded Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. They got back DeMar DeRozan, an all-star, and Yaka Pertle in a first-round pick. That's a good haul. It's not bad. It's not the best, but it's a pretty good haul. It's a B grade. And DeMar DeRozan's performing well enough to where it was a great haul. Um, at least for this season, I don't know about future seasons, but at least for this season, it's been a pretty great haul for them. If the Timberwolves could take advantage of the Wizards' just urgency to win and trade Butler and Jang, Gorgie Jang, to the Wizards for Bradley Beal and Markeith Morris, I think that'd be the end-all be-all for trades for the Timberwolves. Why? Because if you look at it, you're getting Beal, he's still on contract, he fits into your mold of players that you'd want cuz you're getting rid of Butler who's, you know, defense first, who rather Beal is not, he's offense first. But you're getting really you're getting rid of a star who isn't fitting in, doesn't want to be there, but is still supremely talented. You're getting back a pretty semi-elite player in Beal. He's not on Butler's level at all. I mean, he's he's like I'd say a tier two below Butler, but he's still a great player. And he's good enough to wear him, Wiggins, and Towns, that's pretty intriguing offensively. The team's not winning anything because Towns' defense still needs to get better, and Wiggins needs to kind of man up and be a better leader. But if somehow those two things do happen in the next few years, that Bradley Beal piece would be a strong piece on that, ro- on that roster. Also, if you're able to get Markeith Morris back... That's a great fit next to Towns. I think Markeith Morris's fire and leadership skills could really be in handy there. Him along with Taj Gibson would perform a would really make a great power power forward duo for the Timberwolves, and in some cases even a small ball center. So I really do like that that do like that uh, trade. If I'm the Timberwolves, yeah, you wouldn't be getting back a first round pick or anything, but you get a you get a player who is at least semi on his level. Um, so again, who for who is this? I would have the the Timberwolves trading away Jimmy Butler and Gorgie Jang to the Wizards who are 1-7 and, seven and ha- may need some urgency to win, and they would be trading away Bradley Beal and Markeith Morris. Um, you don't trade away any future protect uh, protected picks, and also for the Wizards at this point, if you look at it this way, oh, okay, uh, if you look at it this way, they're getting back Butler, and even if they kept Beal, they're more than likely going to go into teardown tear mode eventually within the next year or two. At least if you trade for Butler, you tried... And if Butler leaves after this, then you just you have more cap space, and he leaves. And you can just build from here, and the teardown starts earlier. So I really do think that'd be a good deal for the Wizards. Um, yeah, you're taking back James' contract, but it, I think that's a great deal for them. Um, I think that's one of those deals to where it uh, it really jolts the Wizards into not contention in the Eastern Conference, but at least starts to create a better sense of urgency for them to win games. Butler would be a great pairing with John Wall. I think they'd get together... A lot better than him and Bradley Beal do. Um, I think it'd be a better duo that way. Um, I think it'd be a a very athletic duo. um, That could make some noise in the Eastern Conference eventually. Uh, I don't think it'd stay there. But that's up for debate. He's not saying in the Timberwolves either. Let's see. Another hot take. I have this. And keep in mind. This trade would have to really wait. Um, You'd be waiting until December. You'd also be waiting until he's healthy again. But the 76ers... Don't get me wrong. I love the team, but they need more talent, and not talent in there's two stars, because Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are the best young duo in the NBA. What they need more talent from is their co-stars. JJ Redick's great. He's fine. Wilson Chandler. I have no doubt he'll perform. He'll for, he'll perform pretty well for them. Um, with with that in mind, I do think that they need to trade for a veteran, um, and I think they can finally do that i think it's finally urgent enough to where they should they should want to win this year uh, i think that a great trade for them which again keep in mind i have to wait till december is they trade with cleveland for kevin love i think that a trade of kevin love and david and waba from both recent signees of cleveland i would have to wait until december if you traded both love and and waba to the philadelphia 76ers for dario Saric, wilson chandler and a first round pick i think it'd be a win-win on both sides Dario Saric, yes, he hasn't performed to expectations this year at all. He's having a very down year, but he's still a very young and intriguing talent. He's a very great passer for a big man. Um, He's very quick and quick with his feet. Um, He's a a piece you could build around if you're Cleveland. I think he'd fit very well um, with Larry Nance Jr. over there. Those two are both players where they could play the small forward or power forward position and in some case even be a small ball center. Um, But yeah... uh, I think that'd be a very good. I think that'd be a very good trade for both both sides there. Uh, another another prediction I have here is that the Lakers, um, who are also struggling to start the season, they get the sixth seed in the Western Conference. They don't even make a top four seed. They're they're on the six to seven area. Um, they lose in the first round to the Utah Jazz. At the end of the season, they fire Luke Walton, promote David Shaw, and they go from there. Um, I think Shaw's a better fit for this team than Luke Walton is. Um, I think he'd be a better leader for LeBron than Luke Walton is. I just don't think Luke Walton's going to work out here. Um, It's tricky. The relationship between Magic Johnson and Luke Walton is one of kind of like, okay, kid, this is what I need you to do. Do it. And then as soon as they lose games, he's going to get on Luke Walton's case. I don't think the fit's going to last. At least with Brian Shaw, he's a little bit more of an established coach. He's coached before. He's been a head coach before. Um, It hasn't worked out well, but he also hasn't had a LeBron yet. Um, Let's see. Outside of the Lakers, I have uh, on the Eastern side in the Eastern Conference, I have Milwaukee and Boston making the Conference Finals um, with Milwaukee beating Toronto in the Semifinals as well as Boston beating the 76ers again. Uh, I think it'd be a lot closer of a series this year than it was last year. One, because if they are able to get Kevin Love, Kevin Love and Joel Embiid could really do some damage on the boards against the Celtics. Embiid can't do it alone, but if you really do um, combine Love and Embiid... I think it'd be a great. I think it'd be a great matchup with Boston. Uh, it'd be a really cha- a really big challenge for them. Also, uh, Milwaukee uh, for Milwaukee beating uh, Toronto in the semifinals. Milwaukee is the one team to where I could see beating Toronto. Uh, Giannis is better than Kawhi Leonard at this point. I think he is. I think they have more talent in Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee is a better defensive club. Um, I think there's just more potential all around there. I think if Bledsoe performs to his, to his defensive capabilities, Middleton stays how he's been playing. Uh, Giannis stays Giannis and then Brooke Lopez can really give them some versatility as a three-point shooting big man They can beat the Raptors because one Jonas Valanciunas cannot stretch the floor That's one advantage they have over Toronto already and two um, I think that Eric Bledsoe can lock down Lowry and Middleton's a better co-star than anybody else that that Toronto has unless they were somehow able to get Jamie Butler Um, Let's see for the the early uh, award predictions I have Giannis Antetokounmpo as the MVP. He already jumped LeBron and Steph Curry as the as the betting favorite in Las Vegas to win the MVP award. I think that's pretty accurate. Um, he does everything extremely well. He's on a team that's doing really well. I think that's what's been holding him back is that the Bucks are typically the fourth, fifth, or lower seed. Um, but I really do see them being a top three seed this year. And with that in mind, I, see, I really do see Giannis winning MVP. He's a trendy pick. And he's at this point, he's the right pick. If you had to pick an MVP to date, it'd be him. Um... Let's see, Kawhi Leonard. I see is the defensive player of the year. If you've watched him play for the Raptors, uh, he's been. I, it's t- it took him a little bit to get get back in rhythm offensively, but defensively he hasn't missed a beat. He's still a great defensive ace, um, somebody who's the best in the league just talent talent wise alone on defense. Combine that with the hustle that he shows, and he is the best defender in the league. Um, rookie of the year. It's going to be a tight one, especially because everybody's going to fall in love with Trey Young's games where he sh- where he has. 20, 30, 40 points, um, but I think that will I think that will kind of cool down. Uh, one thing you notice about volume scores is they have a lot of off nights, especially in their beginning seasons. And I think Young is really going to hit that wall soon, to where these volume sh- uh, shooting nights are going to really kind of slow down. Um, I did notice though he's doing better assist wise than I thought he was going to be doing. So that's very big prox- props to him. But I think Doncic wins it. Um, Luka Doncic, he's just a he's a great talent. He does everything on the floor well. He's not the most athletic player, but everybody knew that when he was coming over from Europe. What he is, he's just a great overall basketball player. He controls the flow of the game extremely well for such a young talent. Um, he can play some point guard even at 6'8", which is very intriguing. He has a great... he has, Well, I don't want to say great. He has a, eh, he has a decent mid-range. His three-point could use some work. But he has a lot of potential with his jump shot, which is more than what you could say for Ben Simmons who is also a point forward. So I think he'd be, I think he, I think he wins rookie of the year in a tight race to Trey, Trey Young. Um, for coach of the year, I think Nick Nick Nurse of the Toronto Raptors are gonna win it. Granted, that would make it that two years in a row, a Toronto coach wins coach of the year. But what can you say? I mean, they have a great GM there, and Masai Yajiri, they have a great system in place. They haven't missed a beat from last year, and they switched coaches, they they, they really switched leadership. Um, granted, he was an assistant on Dwayne Casey's staff, but it's still a new head coach nonetheless. I think Nick Nurse wins it. He's performed very well. Um, I kind of, if you ever read about him or watch any interviews with him, he's very, uh, I I would think he's kind of introverted, um, which kind of reminds me of, you could say to a a certain point, Greg Popovich, um, Brad Stevens, those those type of molds where they're just quiet, do the work, know they're better than you, coach their players better, come more prepared and win games. That's the type of coach Nick Nurse is. Um, Respect him a lot. I think he's going to win coach of the year. Sixth man of the year, it's very hard to predict this early on because you never know if they're going to start starting, if they're going to start too many games to qualify, if injuries. That's one of the hardest ones to predict. Um, with that in mind, I think it's just going to be Lou Williams. That's my safe pick. Um, he's still performing really well for the Clippers this year. Um, but yeah, so those are my reward predictions for the year. Um, again, it's very early in the season. Those could all change. You never know when a catastrophic injury could occur. But those are my picks as of right now. Um, in terms of hot takes... That's about all I have for today. Um, Now, obviously, I think of more each and every day, so I'll have more for you next weekend. And I'm going to try to start making... uh, Because Mickey's not available all the time and, you know, we're a state apart, it's hard for us to coordinate for both of us to be here. But I think we will try to both start our own individual episodes and then eventually get back together to where we can have split screen again. Um, It's just hard with our schedules. So for now, this is technically the first episode of Cal's Hot Takes, but it's still episode 14 of Cal's Call in general. Um, Thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm very passionate about this. I'm making more time. I really am. I know I don't write enough for this site. I really need to start writing more. Um, My passion is more with podcasts and broadcasting, and anybody who knows me knows that. Um, For as much as I love to write, I love to talk. I could talk all day. Um, So I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, If you guys end up re-watching this episode or watching it later on, thank you for watching. Um, It's been a fun time. I'll look forward to next week's episode. Thank you. For all the latest and breaking news, podcasts, and live streams, make sure to check out Cal's Call on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Periscope.